How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Leadership Jam Session. On today's episode, you're going to be hearing from a panel of leaders who are participants in a new program that I recently launched called the Coaches Jam Session. These are leaders who have participated in numerous other programs of mine over the years, and I brought together a small cohort where we meet once a month to talk about the everyday challenges that you and I all face as leaders. And the topic you're going to hear us talk about is a very familiar one. It's how do you build and maintain trust with your team in a virtual environment. I know that's a topic that we've all been dealing with for the past year and a half. The reality is, as many of us are going back into the office, it's still going to be a hybrid type of scenario. So we are still going to be dealing with this topic for many, many more months to come. So take a listen. I'll come back at the end just to highlight a few key takeaways for you. Hope you enjoy the episode. So who'd like to share any thoughts around this? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I really think it comes down to communication, not just with your team, but the one-on-one I feel is so important now. And not just one-on-ones to talk about what the day-to-day of the job is. I mean, the one-on-one where you're talking about what they want to do with their career, do they want to develop into leaders, really understanding their career path and making sure you're supporting it as best you can virtually. It's been working pretty well for me. I moved into this role about six months ago. So I kind of had the opportunity in the field in a district with salespeople I've coached and managed for a number of years, and now kind of having a new team and the importance with a new environment, right? With new people that I've just hired to stay connected. It's just crucially important. Love the thought around, you know, the development discussion, which is a very important, right? Weaving that into the one-on-ones. I just want to tag on to what Rich said. Like I, um, so I was hired into this position virtually and I actually, I've only met people once. I actually just met my rep I hadn't met. I think the one-on-ones are so important. Like they're important all the time, but they're really important during this time when it's so challenging. And I think those actually tend to go quite well. Uh, I think still you can have that connection when it's one-on-one. I struggle more with the team. You know, like when you have a team setting and it's it's not one-to-one, it's not, I find a huge difference from when it, we were able to get together in person to, to virtual. Wow. So I'll put that out there because I agree with you, Rich. And I, I think I struggle more when it's all of them together. So I, I hired a team last year, February through March. My last flight was March, let's say 15th, and then everything shut down. So I had eight new people, had met probably four of them personally four of them virtually. And how do you bind a team together? To your point, it's difficult. One-on-ones, I think it's being just very authentic, being who you are and admitting this is difficult, right? So just being very upfront and honest. And as a team connection, I actually ended up using an app called Marco Polo. And it really is an app that you can leave like video messages to the team. And the team started doing it. And I tell you what, it binded our team together really, really well uh, to where you got to see their their spouses, their dogs, their hobbies. We went to Florida in June of last year, but I was on the golf course. I took a video there. And it, it, my point is, it just helped to connect the team in a way that I probably wouldn't have normally ever used. And it, it really helped outside of doing virtual happy hours. And we got to know each other's families. And that really helped build 
trust because I could then check in on them and, and show that I care and show that I'm, you know, not about just the business. I'm about them as people as well. And I think that helped build a lot of the trust in a very weird environment. Yeah. And what's it called? Marco Polo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a link, Rob, and then I can leave you one. <laughs> I'll send one to the whole team. It'll be great. Yes. <laughs> so what is, what is Marco? So you take a video and you send it to your team? Yeah. You just you do a live video and it's just on it just sits there and, and the team can jump on and see it. It's like you're leaving a voicemail, but it's for the team and it's, it's video, <laughs> you know, right. And um, I, I would yell success story time right before I'd hit a golf shot. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, I, I think it just really helped to connect the team in an environment that if you haven't met people, you got to know them personally. And that really helped create a lot of trust. I'm downloading it now, Kevin. I mean, that's, I've never heard of that. It sounds awesome. I mean, the equivalent that I use is just GroupMe, which is nothing more than a, a means to text in your group back and forth. And yeah. it's going to become our private place to talk about yeah. things like and you know, personal it, stuff. It, you can leave a minute, 30 seconds, like, hey, I'm out walking the dog today. It took the kids so long. It just really helped connect it because you got to see them in their own environment. And I got to know my reps better in that process than I ever had before. I think it's a great idea, Kevin, because I'll, I'll be honest, I've been struggling a little bit. I kind of have, my team is a, uh, it's a different team. I've been part of very close teams and I've been part of like, you know, teams that really didn't get along. My team's somewhere in the middle. You know, we try to do a couple happy hours in the middle and it just, honestly, like it just wasn't happening, right? Like it just was not working out well. I have some younger folks, I have some folks that are near the end of their career and it just was, you know, it felt forced, honestly. And I kind of got some feedback. So we've, I pulled back a little bit on that and we've done some other things. So, you know, I'm trying to kind of focus on, you know, we have a standing team call and trying to get everyone engaged and all that. That's funny. PJ and I just went through this facilitation course. Uh, our new VP put us through, but it was good. And um, one of the things I learned uh, about this was, I don't know about you guys with your weekly calls, but you know, you have an agenda, right? You have all this stuff you got to go through. And I, my, one of my, reflexes is to have the agenda, bang through that agenda, try and get a little bit of feedback, but I would have the slides up the whole time. And one of the little points I picked up is, is kind of what Rob just did. You have the slide up, you hit your bullet, and then you come pull the slide down and you come back to this to try and get everyone on camera. Even if somebody doesn't volunteer, you'd be like, hey, Rich, what do you think about this topic? And, and then shut up and let them go. Now, I'm just going to second uh, Jim's comment. It was this facilitation workshop that was somewhat forced upon us, didn't want to do it. And ultimately, damn it, learn something. And, um, and it was it, one of the things that, that we learned is, is it, you know, it, when you're in the group and you're trying to draw people out and you ask, so what do you guys think about that? Do you get this? You get crickets. And I don't have a guy on my team anymore who can actually mimic the cricket sound. Um, so it, it's really pretty quiet. So Jim's right. It's like, if you start to draw people out, so you can ask that question and let it sit for a bit, but calling people out by name, they tend to want to respond, but they're kind of afraid to. And the minute you start calling people out, believe it or not, if there's trust built on that team, they'll want to talk. And then there'll be other people who chime in. It's, you almost have to take the workshop to really get how to do it. It's kind of a, it was, it was something that we, that I really liked. But the other thing in terms of connecting with people is I agree with everything you've said so far about it, but I'm also adding in trying to get my people connected with other people in the organization. So if I know a person's developing one way 
I think you mentioned it, Kevin, bring the market access person in that can help be a mentor. And so it's just the three of you on a call and you're kind of developing trust that way. Or if you're hiring somebody, bringing two or three people from your team in or allowing them just have to have one-on-ones and then with that person you're trying to hire a candidate and then downloading back to you and, and having those kind of dialogues does help build trust on a professional level above and beyond the personal level of all the stuff you guys were talking about. I'm probably borrowing a page from Kevin's book because, you know, he played a big influence on my leadership style as did Penn. But I will say that I focused really heavily on trying to understand the different communication styles. I knew that if I came in with my own approach, which I have been known to do, um, thinking that's the right way. Um, that might not be the way everybody thinks and certainly not the way everybody receives information. I found that to be effective because I've got seven different personalities, but spending enough time doing that meant I was compromising some of the other things that were important to the function and the role as well. I took my time and when I felt like I started to get a feel for individual styles, I felt like I, I could go to that next step. And that next step was kind of that feeling of, of trust that, okay, if we can amp up the pressure and the work pressure amps up, do you trust me enough to know that I'm not changing in this? And so that was a really great learning for me. And then from a communication standpoint, I try to alternate one-on-ones with a commitment every other week, but then I do group chat every subsequent week and I keep my phone lines open. I have that open door policy. And you know I feel like that plus just getting some advocates early in the process that really try to pull through, let me know if something didn't resonate well, or even pull through on when we need to do it, they kind of get on board and get the team going. I feel like that collection of things has helped me kind of get started in this role. I will say getting advocates within a team on board early certainly does help in building more of that team unity. And it is leveraging the right people within the team that can do that. So I think that is an excellent point. Well, it took the words on my mouth here because we do have like a buddy system on our team where we take like a tenure representative with a new representative and just really help that person along. And I think really, you know, that within the virtual world, that's really helped because it, when people feel connected and they feel like they're part of something and really building a team, then that just encourages a lot of that camaraderie. So just, just a natural progression. And I think too, before I fortunately had everybody, there's a couple of people hired in March. And so I knew them prior so that was fortunate. But I think too, with the Zoom and you know the face-to-face that we're having, before we'd have conference calls and half the time people wouldn't be on. And now I think they're actually excited to see one another. So, and I more to come because I've actually have a live meeting scheduled July 29th and July 30th. So I will keep you guys posted because that's going to be interesting. This will be the first time that the entire team has been together since, you know, obviously. March, even some new members that were not part of the team prior. So I think that's going to be really fun. So that's, like I said, what we're doing with a little bit the buddy system and really that coaching and developing one another throughout the team. You know, the buddy system is pretty important. And it's interesting, the term, the buddies, is becoming more of a mainstream term. A lot of the research has moved away from mentoring and, and turning it into more of the buddy system. However, that is pretty important, right? A lot of times we put that pressure on ourselves as leaders that we have to be the binding force for that team unity. When in reality, we're more of just moving the right people in place, making the right connections within the teams to help foster that, right? And there's others on the team that can you can leverage to really make that happen. So I think that's an excellent point. Rob, can I put her on the spot? So this is a total setup here, but um, I ran into one of Denise's reps uh, about a week and a half ago 
at a live exhibit, like in person, like I was like, remember we used to do these things, be out with customers in practice or whatever. And, and the thing that I'd never met uh, this woman, Britt before, but she was like raving about Denise. And one of the things she said, uh, and look, she was an experienced rep. She's been around. And she said, one of the things that Denise did so well was build this team in the virtual environment. She made it a point to tell me, she's like, I, I, like, I didn't think anybody could do that. But she said, like, we're Denise's crew. So I'm putting you on the spot, Nelson. Like, what did you do to kind of get that you know, get that mojo going with your team. I love that. You know, I it, it's just a, sometimes it's just incredible luck too. But I have to say, it, we're it's such an incredible, incredibly cohesive team, and the way we've come together, and some of the things that we've done above and beyond our typical meetings and and weekly touch points, all virtual, of course, Zoom calls, is we've had happy hours. I'm sure some of you have done that, and I started off with the first one with the team, and just had some fun ideas. And then I said, all right, I, I hope you all enjoy this, but I'm not doing this anymore. This is, this is totally up to you. If you want to continue this, then I would love for somebody to step up. And everybody was so eager to do it. And we just had one this week where two of my folks sent costumes to everybody, believe it or not. So we all had wigs. I had these fake eyelashes to put on. And, you know, the men had straw hats and Hawaiian shirts and so forth. And we just had such a great time. We talked about our doppelganger and we talked about who was our our mentor or hero in life. And, you know, it's just great. And the next to have enthusiastically signed up to do this. So I think it's just bringing people together that way. And you're also blessed when you have the opportunity to bring a team together to launch a product with a new company and so forth. Everybody's excited. Everybody's just all in it, all there to, to do for one common purpose, really. So I think I was blessed from that standpoint, but that's a little bit of what we've done. I think it's just, we, we were just... I, it, it's magical how cohesive this team is. So there's two things that come to mind, right? The first is the importance of hiring the right people too. That's a big factor in team unity, right? So never lose sight of that. But I am curious what you said, Denise, and you reminded me of something. You said, you know, if you guys want to continue to do this, keep doing it. I'm assuming you still participated Absolutely. Although I would have loved if, if I if I wasn't invited to, you know, I, even more so in some respects, right? So that's where I'm going with this. How many of you, just curious, allow your teams to meet on their own without you? Ah, several do. That's impressive. Do you mean like a smaller group or are you talking about the whole team? Well, if like, you know, sometimes if the team gets together, they may meet once a month. Smaller groups, but that's just because of logistics, but... I wouldn't say, yeah, the whole team getting together just because they're from all over. It's usually with me organizing the whole get together, but they do little spinoffs, if that makes sense, of little areas, you know. For me, I that happens a lot on my team, and I actually have seen very positive effect from it. Partially, it's because I have a dual role. I'm the marketer and the sales manager, so it's I can't be at everything, but I think it works because jumping back a couple of comments, there's been a good advocate developed on the team and she leads a lot of it, which I think is fantastic. And she is, you know, she's someone who is an emerging leader. So it really works in that regard. Any others that, that seem benefit in doing that? I think again, COVID forced me to kind of facilitate that because I had a new team. And I think to that point, I think there was some just things they wanted to chat about. It started organically and then I said, you let me know when you wanted to set this up. And they about every probably six weeks or so would have 
a get together and I didn't need to be a part of it. And it was just, I think more for this, so again, for that connection piece that was there. So I, I saw the benefit of the connectivity. I was like, go for it, you know, because I didn't do it with my prior team. It was usually I had meetings and I think it just seemed to, again, foster that connectivity. So I, I just discovered uh, during COVID that my team was doing calls like that. And it was usually around, um, usually like when we're rolling something out, a training initiative, a new CBA. Like we, I would always create a call for the team if we had a new core visual aid to talk about it, to roll it out, to, you know, to have the discussion. But then subsequently, I find out they're creating their own call and talking about it. And I didn't even know it was happening. So I don't know. I, I think that comes from building a, a high level of trust with, with with the team that they feel like they can do that safely. Yeah, I think it's a great point, right? I mean, it's only you know, leaders who, who have the confidence allow that to take place. Does it prove that leaders are disposable, dispensable? That <laughs> good leaders are dispensable because the people can operate without you when you're not there. It just means you're great at building the bench. That's all. Yeah. You know, and I think it's something I found with my team, there's, they want to talk about some things amongst themselves, just maybe, you know, how to do something or planning an event that they're kind of maybe coordinating together that I know about and have, have been in the know about, but they're getting into the details that I don't need to be a part of. And, and it gives them ownership over it uh, yes. rather than looking to me and saying, oh, is this okay? You know, and it's actually worked out quite well so far. Agreed. I've actually encouraged it. I've encouraged it. If a certain, you know, I'm like, I can't join everything, every call for sure. So they have set some up, you know, whether it's around training, whether they just want to brainstorm, discuss, you know, how to tackle a problem. Um, and I couldn't be more pleased that they're doing it. I don't know what it is about the voluntary nature of things versus something that's forced, you know, when you have a call versus, hey, if you guys want to meet, it's up to you, you know. Um, and I took a similar approach at our uh, national meetings where we have a free night and, you know, a lot of people had district dinners that you had to do. Right. And I always took the approach. If you guys want to set up a dinner, go ahead. I'll come if you want me to. But and uh, it was just amazing. Everyone went, you know, it was an optional thing, but everyone went because they enjoyed hanging out with one another. And but I think something about it being voluntary, it's an empowerment thing. I think, right. It's hey, if you guys want to be a cohesive team it's up to you right you can only do so much as a manager as a leader uh, at the end of the day like you said earlier rob it comes down to your people and you try to create the environment and the vision but it's that it comes down to the voluntary nature of your people and, and wanting to do those things on their own yeah it's such a great point like you can always tell the teams that have great team unity they're the ones after hours at either these social events they're the ones that are always getting together and you do it on their own and I used to do the same thing, Rich. I used to, I never scheduled a district dinner if I didn't have to, right? It's your night. Even though they would invite me, I still wouldn't go, believe it or not, which would actually drive them crazy. Sometimes you just need a break from your people as well. But there was another reason for that. Why do you think I, I didn't, I wouldn't go to those dinners? Jedi mind tricks. That's part of it. So I was just making sure it wasn't being perceived as you were, you know, um, hanging out with your bosses and you thought they were more important to your career development. <laughs> well, hiding the expense report bill. Right, yeah. <laughs> You're fostering connection between them though. With you not in the picture, I think they can there's no it changes the dynamic, right? It does change the dynamic. You could be the best boss in the world and have connectivity and, and tremendous trust. There's always going to be a little bit of that dynamic that that comes into play. And to Rich's point, 
there is something about when they're just doing it on their own, it just changes things, right? Sometimes they need to learn how to be better with each other and they need to do that on their own at times. I would do a lot of, um, and I still do this now, playing the connector even in between all of their conversations. So when they're meeting on their own, I would strategically set up my one-on-ones where I'm meeting with someone in the morning, I'm meeting with that other, the next person in the afternoon, the next person the next day, so that I can weave each of their conversations together mm-hmm. and help them still continue to work with each other. And I'm just a little bit of a sounding board, but I might take a little bit of conversation A, carry it over to conversation B in the afternoon, help them connect a couple of dots but they're just still circling back with the team and getting stuff done. I'm just helping them kind of move the ball to the next yard line, but then they all feel and still are moving the ball on their own. Several of you have heard me say this before. Managing is, is it's all about the illusion with me in many times, right? It's what you do behind the scenes, moving things in motion that really, as James says, it, it weaves everything together for the greater good of the team. All right, so let's wrap up with a few key takeaways here on how to maintain that trust within your team in a virtual environment. So the number one item that came up to the top of the list, one-on-ones. The one-on-ones are a critical factor in maintaining and building that trust. And it's not so much even the one-on-ones to discuss the business side of things. It's more about the people side of the equation. So make sure you're having the one-on-ones to really get to know and understand your people, the individual styles that makes them so unique from each other. Perhaps even make it more about development discussions. Either way, make it about them. Number two, leverage the technology that's out there. Kevin talked about a new app called Marco Polo. I always thought that was more of a game you played in a swimming pool, but who knew? Apparently there's an app out there. Either way, use the technology out there to keep your teams more connected. We also talked about number three, a very important one, building advocates within your team. And when we talk about building advocates, those advocates give feedback to you on, are you missing the mark on something? or perhaps to help get your team on board with something new or a new initiative. The advocates within your team are very important. The key there is making sure you pick and leverage the right advocates on your team. And we also talked about hiring the right people. Obviously, that's a critical factor in it, but even bringing new team members on board, you heard the panel talk about using the buddy system, making sure that you're getting current team members involved to help you bring these new people in. And it also gives them a sense that they're helping you build the team as well. And the fifth key takeaway that comes to mind is understanding that you as a leader, you certainly contribute to building that team unity. However, sometimes it's what you do behind the scenes that's even more important. For example, putting things in motion that brings people together, or even as simple as having your team meet periodically without you. As you heard, many panel members certainly do take that approach, and it does make a big difference to help that team build the connectivity that you're looking for. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Leadership Jam Session. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast.